0: All right, if you could turn your Bibles to Mark chapter 5. And I have to admit this morning that if you're new here this morning and this is your first time, well, just hold on. Disclaimer I always give disclaimers. We are going to be talking about uh, demon possession and the demoniac. Of, uh, in Mark 5, and what we try to hold true here is that we want to go through books of the Bible. Uh, we went through 1 Corinthians, was our last book we went through. Now we're going through the book of Mark. And we have found ourselves in uh, where Jesus had just last week, we talked to uh, the disciples and Jesus were in the boat going across the lake. And was anybody at Lake Winnebago calming the sea? Oh, it's ice. That's right, there's ice. So, I made a little comment, like, knowing our church, there will be some that defy what the pastor said and try to calm Lake Winnebago. Um, But remember, Jesus got up in the boat and demonstrated His power over creation by speaking to the wind and the wave. And it became totally calm. And that is something that we're discovering in through the book of Mark is Jesus is everything that he says he is. He's Messiah, he's the king, he's the Lord of all. And when it comes down to it all, we have to come down to this point, is he Lord of my life? Is he king? Is he master? Is all that I do according to His Word and according to His ways, is that what I'm all about? And that's really what we're pointing to. And that's where we want to go as disciples and followers of Christ. You see, we have a world, uh, or we have a, a western state that seems to think that just because you tag Christianity onto your name that you are a Christian, but that is not so. It is those who are born again and are following after Christ. Now listen, the hope of today is the cross. And we realize that as we're traveling on this road, and as we're followers of Christ, that we have this thing written in us, which is called sin, and we struggle. So I don't want you to be discounted this morning, and say, well, I'm, I'm a sinner. Well, yeah, we are all sinners, but we're saved by His grace and His mercy alone in the cross. And we lay ourselves Daily at the foot of the cross and say, Jesus, it's no longer I who live, but you who live in me. I die daily. And so we want to just say that as we begin uh, talking about the things that we're going to talk about today. So let's read. I'm going to read the whole scripture to you from uh, Mark chapter 5, verses 1 through 20. We'll pray and then we're going to break it down this morning. "...they came to the other side of the sea, into the country of the Gerasenes. When he got out of the boat, immediately a man from the tombs with an unclean spirit met him. And he had his dwelling among the tombs, and no one was able to bind him anymore, even with a chain. Because he had often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had had been torn apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces, and no one was strong enough to subdue him. Constantly, night and day, he was screaming among the tombs, in the mountains, and gashing himself with stones. Seeing Jesus from a distance, he ran up and bowed down before him, and shouting with a loud voice, he said, "'What business do we have with each other, Jesus, Son of the Most High God?' I implore you, by God, do not torment me. For he had been saying to him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And he was asking him, What is your name? And he said to Jesus, Him, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he began to implore him earnestly not to send them out of the country. It's interesting. Now there was a large herd of swine feeding nearby on the mountain, Demon, demons, the demons implored him, saying, "'Send us into the swine so that we may enter them.'" Again, interesting. "'Jesus gave them permission coming out. The unclean spirits entered the swine, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the sea, about 2,000 of them, and they were drowned in the sea. Their herdsmen ran away and reported in the city and in the, and in the country, And the people came to see what it was that had happened. And they came to Jesus and observed the man who had been demon-possessed sitting down, clothed in his right mind, the very man who had the legion, and they became frightened. Those who had seen it described to them how it had happened to the demon-possessed man, and all about the swine, and they began to implore him to leave their region. As he was getting into the boat, the man had been de- that had been demon-possessed was imploring him, a lot of imploring going on in this scripture passage, that he might accompany him, and he did not let him. But he said to him, go home to your people and report to them what great things the Lord has done for you, and how he has mercy on you. And he went away and began to proclaim in Decapolis what great things Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed. Let's pray together. Father, we thank You for Your Word. And we thank You for Your truth. And Jesus, we thank You that You came to set the captive free. Lord, You came that we may know the Father. And I just ask You this morning by Your grace and by Your mercy and by You, Holy Spirit, that You would speak to us today what You want to speak to us. And Lord, when we think about demons, when we think about satanic forces, and and Satan himself, Lord, sometimes it brings fear. But I thank You, Lord Jesus, that You fight for Your people. And that, Lord, Your name is a strong tower whom the righteous can run into, and they are saved. And, Lord, we are under the shadow of Your wings today. So I ask You, Jesus, that You would speak Your truth to us. And Lord, if there is anything the enemy is bringing into our lives, we ask that You would cast it off, Lord. And we trust in You, Jesus. And so Lord, would You please let us not close our eyes, let us not be blind to Your Word, and close our ears that we cannot hear, but we ask that we can hear and give us hearts of understanding so Lord, that we may turn to You and be whole. And we just ask these things in Your name, Jesus. Amen. So I want to kind of share a few things as we get started, and I'm sure as I'm going through the Scripture that I'll expound on a few things and maybe give you a few life experiences that I have had. But I will tell you this, I wholeheartedly believe in the demonic. I wholeheartedly believe that people can be possessed and can look you straight in the eye and you know that there's something different going on. I remember a few years ago, some of you know my past, I was a needle junkie and, and I loved uh, meth and, and different things, and I remember being freed from that. The Lord saved me and I was born again. And like 15, about a year and a half into my salvation experience, all those things begin to shed and, and just things begin to change. And right away in my life, I knew I was born again because everything had changed. My circumstances, my habits hadn't quite conformed to, to walking out the faith like it would in the following years. But I remember being free from the things that bound me. And I remember going to a YWAM Youth with a Mission, and I always desired to be discipled and to have this experience of getting away and just learning and and not worried about many things. And I was able to do that. And on our break in between school, and the Lord had already done a great work in my life. And I remember going to my dad's house, and my dad was a pastor at one point. And he told me walked away, and didn't walk away from Jesus, but walked away from his calling, and it was bad. Where he was my supplier of drugs. And I remember just talking to him and saying, Dad, why did you do that to me? Why did you take me into the streets of Tulsa and all these things? And he said, I just wanted somebody to know where I was at. And I'm like, man, that is just like Satan." to destroy the family, to to take anyone down that he can. Well, I was at his house because God had done a work in me and, and I was staying with him trying to honor my dad and just telling him that I love him by my presence there. Well, he was gone. He was a hairstylist and he was gone one day and there was these two people in his house. And they were shooting up. So I walk around the corner, this is a small house and here they are and and there's this wicked lady standing there and we begin to have a conversation. And it really bothered me because I'm like, Dad, why, first of all, my dad was there, why did you allow these people in their house? You know where I've come from, so why is this happening to me? And then I begin to talk to this lady. And she began to tell me things. And she said, I like people like your dad. And of course, I'm reeling. You know, I'm like, what do I do with this, Lord? Like, what's going on in here? And then she begins to tell me how she searches for all these keys to, to the underworld and all these things. It gets really, really weird. I'm like, I'm out of here. Okay? I'm not some superstar. Christian I didn't know what to do but I left there and I said dad I'm not going back to your house and he went and my dad was a loving dad he went and kicked those people out and I maybe returned later but the point was this I went back to school and said you know what that was a temptation and I met Satan face-to-face Maybe not Satan himself, but some demonic force I met face to face. And I realized right there at that time that this is real. And you see, we live in and I'm going to get to the scripture, but we're going to have dinner afterwards, so i got a lot of time. Although it's 47 degrees, why are we inside today? I don't know. But you see, we live in a world that says science is all, and a Western mentality that that we try to explain everything away, but if we realize that really science is only science, if it is convenient for our narrative. That's what we're learning today. But the truth is, is that God has created a world that is deeper, and more mysterious than we could ever imagine, or that we can see. And so when we come to this subject, Jesus just got off... I mean, I can't believe... What would it be like if you were there with the disciples to think, man, I just got off the boat, that my world was rocked, and this man in the boat calms the sea, and then you get to the other side, the eastern side of... Lake or Sea of Galilee, and you're met with Matthew, says there's two demonic. So I don't know what that is about, but there must be two. But Mark only talks about one. And I don't know all the reasons in that, but there's a reason that the one was talked about for sure. And so they go across the boat, and here's what's interesting. I want to give you a little bit of scheme and geography to the area. It's the eastern side, and this is the non-Jewish side. Where a lot of Greeks were, and Hellenistic, what we call Hellenistic Jews, and so the majority was not Jewish, but there were, of course, Jewish people there. Which explains why we have swines and pigs, which are extremely unclean to the Jewish people. Unless they were just like Jews that did not follow, but I would say it's a little bit bigger than that. So that's why we have the, the swine in the story. And then also there may be speculation, and this is a little bit of speculation, is Jesus may have been taking His disciples over where He wasn't quite known to get some rest, teaching, whatever... But Jesus can't go very far without attracting people. And here I do not want you to miss this at all in this story is Jesus attracts the demonic. So what does that tell us about Jesus? What does that say? Is that I want to just say this is that it tells us that all are welcomed in the presence of Jesus. And we know that the demonic is not flesh and blood. As the scripture tells us, so this man that we call him the demoniac, the Gerasene demoniac, comes and, and he comes to see Jesus. And there's a clash of kingdoms. So, I would like to ask us this, and, and, and really, the outcasts aren't welcomed in our churches. Let's just be honest. You ever been to a church where you're like, huh, I know there's not going to be any poor people that come into this church. Or, oh, I know there's going to be no messes here. But I want you to know that we should be attracting all types of people. Okay, but I also am fully aware that the church is not meant for these pews alone. We are meant to go out. This isn't meant for a place for you to be equipped, trained, and know things in the godly realm and to listen to Scripture and discern things. But I just want to say is that the church should be a welcoming place for the outcast. And so when we see this in Scripture, there are a few things that we need to know. And, and I have to like almost say a timeout because I know people's background is so often as we attribute circumstances of life way too often too often to the demonic. When the Bible promises us that we will have trials and suffering, And some of you know exactly what I mean, you've went through something pretty harsh in life, whether it's physical pain, or some type of accident, cancer, uh, unforeseen death, and then all of a sudden, somebody comes up to you and says, "Um, hmm, what's going on with you? And you know, in the back of their mind, they're thinking, hmm, what have you done, or what is Satan doing in your life? And I, I remember I've had it said to me a few times, is that we've been through sickness, and, and the last time I, I knew is that when your kids are in a school of thousands, that sickness is part of the norm. And you will get asked these questions, oh, you guys have been hit with sickness a lot lately. And you know, behind it all, you know and you feel you sense something that maybe they're saying there's something wrong. And I want to just kind of dispel that this morning. Because that's not always the case. But we see here the demoniac in Jesus, when he's coming, when he comes and he faces Jesus, he bows down, right? Immediately the man from the tombs with the unclean spirit met him. He bows down, but then it kind of stops in 3 and 5 and says, who is this man? And it says his dwelling was among the tombs, So there is something about the graveyard. And no one was able to bind him anymore, even with a chain. Because he had often been bound with shackles and chains, and chains had been torn apart by him, and the shackles were broken in pieces, and no one was strong enough to subdue him. Constantly, night and day, he was screaming out, and then he was taking stones and cutting himself. So I just want to really break this down just for a moment is that there are some things that we have to attribute to demons. And when it comes to self-harm, when it comes to mutilating the flesh and wanting to go somewhere where you should have never gone, even so much to say for somebody here this morning, maybe it's suicide. Wanting just to end it all, I want you to be conscious of this effort is that 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 is the enemy speaking death to you. Jesus, the Holy Spirit, isn't going to come to you and say, end it all. And we have to be very aware. And then I kind of, I, I just, I need to go here too, is that sometimes depression can be demonically influenced and, and done, but not all depression is. Do You see how careful we need to be in discerning and being people of discernment. But we know this uh, to be a fact that this right here, this man had, extra physical strength, supernatural strength that was not normal. And when I meet people that you just know, that you know that there's something not right, you begin to kind of backtrack a little bit and you're like, oh, how, what do I do with this? You see, Jesus didn't have that issue, did He? He had no issue with the demonic. You see, up to this point is that the kingdoms weren't quite clashing as it was, and we're going to see who is the God of this world, who is the ruler. We're going to see that through Scripture. But Jesus came and the demons began to speak. And they begin to talk to Him and, and it's interesting because they say something in verse 7, what business do we have with each other? Jesus, Son of the Most High God. We implore You by God, do not torment Me. It says, we... Uh, I implore you, by God, do not torment me. And then Matthew goes on to say this a little bit more, and I just wrote it down: is do not torment me before the time. Well, what time is he talking about? Into the world. So here we have a clash, he knows like and so this is where I kind of get confounded, and I'll talk about it in just a minute, is that even the demons know the name and they shudder. And we live in such a time as this that there is so much deception with even the realms of Christianity. And I will tell you this, that our church, is we're growing. We're not a church that feels like we have it all together. We have all the answers. But we have the Word of God. And that is what we're going to stick to. So let's just look at other Scriptures this morning about demons and the demonic... 2nd Peter chapter 2 verse 4 says this For if God did not spare angels when they sinned but cast them into hell and committed them to pits of darkness reserved for judgment And I have said this to people because I've been put in situations is they Satan knows your past, he knows the present, but he doesn't know the future. But yet he knows his future. Okay? So let me say it. When you're and I guess I guess I have to say this is that you have to be careful where you put your trust into. And what you're listening to. It matters. Revelation twenty ten says this, and the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire, and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are also. And they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. And so that's what he's saying, before time, Jesus, leave me alone, it's not time yet. Revelation twenty, verse fourteen through fifteen. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death. The lake of fire. Uh, And if anyone's name was not written in the book of life, he was thrown into what? The lake of fire. And I want to commend you this morning that hell was not meant for us. But... Those who are not taking the name of Jesus and being born again by His grace and His mercy, and your name is not in the book of life, that is your future. But he goes on to say this, and this is interesting in verse 8. For he had been saying to him, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. There's a word that I underlined here and circled, and he had been saying to him. So I would say this demon was a tough booger. It was. Because all other instances, what does Jesus do? He casts those demons out right away. They were gone. He would say, Come out of them, it'd be gone. This one was different. And so what does he do? He asks the demon, What is your name? Now you that pray for people and think that it's, it's fun to cast out demons, I just say be careful. Because we see this story in the book of Acts where the son of Scevia, they were casting out in Jesus' name and Paul's name, And they said, wait, wait, we know Paul, we know Jesus, but who you are we do not know. And what did he do? He jumped on them and sent them away naked. Naked, right? I knew somebody would like that. how I say that. And the man said this, He's legion. My name is Legion, and what does that mean for we are so many, and, and a legion to the cohort of, of an Italian cohort, a Roman cohort would be six thousand troops at least and so this demon was was very strong, and that 's why you know when I watch the news and I see the craziness that our officers have to deal with, and like some of it is drug-induced or whatever, but the power behind people that are in chains even to overtake officers is unnatural, unhuman. And as a Christian, I sit back and say, man, this is rough stuff. 6,000... And they begin to implore. There's a lot of imploring going on him earnestly not to send them out of the country. Now, I do not want to go out of context of Scripture. But there's a, why did they say out of the country? <inaudible> huh? Yep. Territorial spirit. Now here's what I want to say to you, and this is so important, is we take this concept from even Daniel chapter 10, verse 13. When Daniel had fasted and prayed, and it says this, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia was was standing me for 21 days. Then behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I had been left there with the king of Persia. And it's like, what are you talking about? This is weird. But it's not. And I will tell you, if you want to blow your mind, go to Genesis chapter 6 and look at the Nephilim. Not only were the Nephilim before the flood, the Nephilim were after the flood. So here's what I want to kind of say to us this morning is that, that this thing, the spiritual warfare that we have entered into as believers, is real. And I remember, listen, I as we were taking the call to come up to the valley. And as we were talking on our way and and praying and and all these things that we're talking about, we begin to kind of, whoa, this is not a, a fun place to go. I'm sorry, I know you guys live here. This is your culture. And I'm not downing your culture because I am part of your culture. This is my home. This is where we're planted. So I'm not just saying, well, you people. But we had a few concerns about this area, and one of them was the spiritual perversion. And sex in this area is not good. And to guard our hearts against the temptations that the enemy will throw in his darts, that he is going to throw at us, as ministers of the gospel. See, we don't think this way. We just think of it when we go into the mission field as those demons, but what about the demons that we face here? And I told you, if, you, please, if you're new here, this isn't usually how I talk. And I really want to be careful to have you back. But it's real. And there's a couple other things. as passive manhood in this area. Where there's a spirit of where the man just sits back and lets everything go, and, and, and you know, and, and I, I'm careful to say this because I don't want to be chauvinistic, but man was called to lead in a safe way, women in a safe way, not in an unhealthy way. So that was one of the other things we thought, and then also the religious spirit here in the valley. Now, I'm impressed about the valley because, in a way, it's like a Bible Belt. In a lot of ways, it is like the most Bible Belt away from the Bible Belt that I've seen because those that are truly saved in this area are truly saved and on fire for Jesus. It's true. There was a movement that took place, and it's a real movement. And they're still standing strong today, but what I see is a bunch of people wanting to nitpick each other and to tear the body down instead of build the body up. We were not called to tear each other down. And I say this over and over here at Cornerstone. We preach the gospel. We don't preach about other churches. The only time we preach about certain things is if it is infecting our body. That is when we... We'll talk about things, man. I'm getting like way off. Please forgive me, but what I'm saying here is we knew that the battle was going to be fierce, and it is a fierce battle. And I tell this to anybody who wants to get into leadership: is like just be careful. The enemy's coming. You better put on your armor. You better do it because there's a lot of things that are going to come your way. But I tell you what it's greater is greater as he that is within me than he that is in what? The world. So what about these swines? Like my kids were asking me this and I said, well, just give me a week to study. And then I'll tell you and now they're fixing food. So they can listen to it later, but this is weird. Why do they want to be cast out into swine? It's weird. And it makes me wonder, can animals be possessed? According to this, yeah. No wonder what's wrong with my dogs. Uh, Anyway. And your cats. Your cats. (laughs) Oh, cats. Uh, (laughs) That is all a joke. But they implored him, sending me into the swine that I may enter them. And he gave them permission I am telling you this, and it is said, and, and I agree with it, is that this is awesome. Well, what happened when they went into the lake and they drowned? They didn't disappear, they didn't die. They were just there rendered powerless. Okay? And why do I say that about this? Is because in Mark 9 25. When G- Jesus is rebuking the Spirit, He says, You deaf and mute spirit, I command you, come out of Him and do not enter Him again. Remember what Jesus said, be careful. When a demon is cast out, you begin to clean up your inside. Those things are wandering around and say, home, I'm going to go back to this place. Look how clean it is. And it becomes much worse. So right now you're like thinking, well, come on, give me a lifeline here. What are you doing, pastor? Well, I'm going to say this, is that there is a demonic realm. There is a realm within the heavenlies. And, but Jesus He gave them permission. They came out of them. They went into the sea. And here's the crazy part, is that they went and they told the people, and what did the people do? They became frightened. Jesus is frightening. And they began to wonder, and and I believe in this culture, because exorcism was part of the culture. And it should be a part of our culture as believers. You see, and so I think they were scared like, what man is this? See, on the other side of the Sea of Galilee, he was full of demons. But we're going to see something different. He came over to the other side, and maybe he was a magician. Maybe he was something a little bit that we don't know what to do with, so we need this Jesus away from us. And he took a whole livelihood away from a people group. The swines were money. So when they saw this and they observed it, that this demon-possessed man, this uncontrollable, was now sitting in his right mind and sitting there. They didn't know what to do with it. They had no frame of reference, and I think sometimes when it comes to demonic things, like, we don't have any frame of reference. Like what this is about, we just get we just get in shock and awe, and like what is this? Let's go to First John four one through three, and just hang on with me. First John. Chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. So, how can we test the spirits? And, and I laugh because, as a non denomination, sometimes just things can get really weird. I'll be honest with you. And it can be hard, but listen to this it says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. But this you know, the Spirit of God, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist. Of which you have heard and heard that it is coming, and now it is already in the world. And this is where it gets even harder for our days. And I have to say this as a pastor, and I'm not pointing a finger at anybody. But we have to be extremely careful because even in the body of Christ, there's so much speculation about the future. There's so much speculation. And I'll be honest with you, when I was looking at what is happening in Canada, and I see that Prime Minister stand up in front of the people and say the things he said, I look into that man's eyes and I said, those are not normal eyes. I can't explain it, but I know it's not normal. So we're dealing with all kinds of weird stuff right now. But even within the church, there's speculation. And they're men that are just picking things out of their mind and their heart and they're just saying them online and then it's going out as if it's God's given truth. I'm going to tell you this morning that if it is speculation, it is just that, it is speculation. And we have to be extremely careful what we take in. And we know this enough. The Bible warns us that there will be false prophets that rise up amongst us. We need to guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. So I'm going a lot of places this morning. Let's get back to here. And it says this. He's closing his right mind. They don't know what to do with him. And they say, get away from us. They implore him to leave the region. So listen, just because miracles take place, just because demons are cast out, doesn't always equal belief. But... It's laying a groundwork. Because point number two, I always take the longest on point number one, so you're okay. Come on, we are dealing with like 15, 17 verses there. But point number two is, and this is, it gets out this is just different. As he was getting into the boat, a man who had been demon-possessed was imploring him that he might accompany him. And Jesus did not let him. Wait, Jesus, you command all to follow you. Wherever you will go, we are to go to follow. And you're telling this man to go home. To your people. And report to them what great things the Lord has done for you and how He had mercy on you. And what did he do? He went away. He began to proclaim in Decapolis what great things Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed. Yeah, because this life that was not under any type of control now was in his right mind. And Jesus says, go home, tell your people group all that I have done for you and how I have had mercy on you. Now listen to this. I want to talk to you about testimonies. before you get carried away with your personal testimony, the words that you need to have, and this is what He's telling us right here, is all that the Lord has done and how He has mercy on you. I'm telling you, I have a testimony. But that's that's testimony. But it's really about what the Lord has done in my life and about His mercy on me. And I am convinced more today that every day I get up is more mercy. More than I received it at salvation is mercy and grace that brings me to this moment at this time. You see, what is Revelation 12 11 tells us? What? They overcame him by what? The blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And they didn't even love their lives. This is my paraphrase to shrink back from death. And so, why did Jesus say, Go home? Is because he was later going to come back and have a work here. And I believe that this demoniac was the first fruit, the first labor to go in to his people to prepare the way for Jesus. So I want to ask you this morning, are you using your testimony to prepare the way for Jesus to enter into other people's lives? Remember, we plant, we water, but who gives the increase? God. Our authentic testimony has power Nobody can argue against your testimony. And I've I've shook my head at many testimonies saying there's no way. And uh, there is a way. Third point is Jesus, Jesus' name has all authority to set us free from demons. You see, I wouldn't be surprised here this morning if there were some of you that had experienced demon possession and Him controlling your life. You become saved and you are set free from those demons. We don't have to see hands, but you know who you are. And you see, that is awesome because I am one of those that I am like you. After I had become saved, I would go and, and be on a basketball court for seven or eight hours. It didn't make me any better. I didn't turn into Michael Jordan. I sure wish I did. But it was just fighting off all the demons in my head, all the things that were just crying out and coming against what God was doing in my life. And then what happened is the more I got into the Word of God, the more my mind began to be renewed, the more my heart began to change, and then no longer was those demonic influences having any power over my life. It doesn't mean he doesn't come and he's... All you know, like all of his notes... And it it's tough some days to get up and just quiet those voices. But listen, we have power and we have authority because the Bible tells us in John 14, and, and I'm going to end here, be pretty close to ending, John 14, 30, John 12, 31, John 16, 11, Who is the ruler of this world? Uh, it is Satan and he has nothing to do with Christ. He is judged. He is cast out. And how may you ask how that may be? Look at Colossians chapter 2, verse 13. And I just want to give us a firm footing this morning. In words that you can stand on when you are facing the enemy's darts. Chapter 2, verse 13 says this, When you were dead in your transgressions, In the uncircumcision of your flesh, He made you alive together with Him, having forgiven us all our transgressions, all of our sins. He canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us. Like you, each and every one of us, have this debt and decrees against us, which were hostile to us. And He has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. He nailed all your sins, all these things, the curse, all that He nailed it to the cross. And verse 15 says, And then He disarmed the rulers and authorities. He made a public display of them, having triumphed over them through Him. So, by the cross, The enemy has no power over those who are His. 1 John says this in 5.18 and nineteen. says, I'm a child of God and the evil one cannot touch me. Okay, and so I want to ask you this this morning, is what are you so afraid of? We live in a world that flesh and blood, but there's principalities, there's spiritual forces in wicked places. We realize that, we warfare. But I want you to know that you have one who sets the demoniac free, also sets you free. And those he sets free are free indeed. And then he commissions us, and we won't get in it too much, because when we get to the end of Mark, we will. But he says this, and it gets crazy, it says... And He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. He who has believed and been baptized shall be saved. But the one who has disbelieved shall be what? condemned. These signs will accompany those who have believed, which is you and I. In My name, in the name of Jesus, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will pick up serpents. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Weird. (laughs) And if you drink, and if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them, and they will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. And I have to admit, when I hear these verses, I go to the Appalachian Hills of Kentucky, where they take out the poison, they handle the snakes. We won't do that here. We're smarter than that. But here's the deal. You and I, by the power of the cross, and by the name of Jesus, we have power and we have authority. So when you go out and you begin to proclaim the name of Jesus, do not be surprised when you face all types of opposition. Stand firm. Be bold. Because God has given you everything that you need to do it. So here's the deal. Practicality is you go out, you preach the Gospel, and you know that Jesus is with you at all times. He is with you till even the end of this age. I'll have Jed come up this morning. And I realize this morning that I've worked up your appetite, so we will feed you. But if you're not, if you're like me, this opens all kinds of things and wonder to me. There's a minister of the gospel. I am not afraid to say this is that. We face the enemy head on. But I will tell you this, we welcome. We welcome the hurting. We welcome the oppressed. And we welcome the possessed. Why? Because we know the One that can set them free. We know. And we want to be a church that knows who Jesus is. So what I'm going to ask for us today is the Lord to be merciful and gracious to us, and to show us what we're to do with this Word that He has given us today. And I will give you some really good wisdom. Is don't go out looking for a fight. It's not wise. But if the fight comes to your door, be prepared, because it will surely come. Let's pray. Well, Jesus, we don't always know what to do with this story, but Lord, we know that we can turn to you, Jesus, and say, Lord, this is scary stuff. And Jesus, we know within ourselves that we are no match for the demonic. But Jesus, You have come. And You have set up Your rule and reign in the heart of the believer. And Lord, we don't rely on the authority that we think we have. We rely on the authority that You have given us. And so I ask You, Jesus, that You would speak to each one of us, Lord, and if someone here isn't in the kingdom, Lord, and they are struggling with the demonic, because I know that there are some that are, would You set them free, Lord? And Father, would You also help us to be kind and tender to one another? And Lord, would You ask us as Cornerstone Church that we would be a people group who lifts up your name, Jesus, and that we allow you to fight for us. We allow you, Lord, to go before us. And Lord, oh, would you please set the captive free. Would you please set the captive free. We thank you for your power. We thank you for your blood. We thank you for your cross. We thank you for your resurrection. We worship You this morning, Jesus.